From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, soft plastics head for landfill as the Red Cycle Scheme falters. This revelation is the latest development in Australia's 74 million tonne garbage problem. So why is getting recycling right so difficult? In this special episode, you'll hear from the University of Southern Queensland's Professor Polly Bury, an expert on recycling, who is also currently co-project lead on the No Waste program. It's Friday, November 18, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. The recent news that the Red Cycle Soft Plastics Recycling Scheme had been stockpiling in warehouses and not being recycled has come as a bit of a shock for many, but if you've been following events in Ipswich over recent years, probably not so much a surprise. Ipswich City Council has had its share of recycling problems around the time when a recycled waste contract was up for renewal, overseas destinations for recycled products suddenly weren't available. To talk more about why getting recycling right is so difficult, I'm joined by Professor Polly Bury from the University of Southern Queensland. Dr Bury is the co-project lead of the No Waste Project, which is a $2 million research pilot exploring recycling and upcycling processes. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Professor Bury. Hey, no worries, Alan. Great to be here. Let's start with Red Cycle, which is in the news. Why has this particular recycling scheme fallen over? Yeah, it was a real shame um, because it did start sort of a decade ago or so with really good intentions. And what they were doing was actually very valuable in terms of providing collection points for problematic materials, soft plastics. One of the difficulties with that is making sure that once that's collected, there's somewhere for the plastic to go. So there were some very big um, clients of the Red Cycle products um, that were collected and they use them still. Uh, well, they were using them still um, in some of their products that they create um, where they recycle into different products like part benches and uh, those sorts of things. One of the difficulties though is over time, we've been sending more and more stuff to Red Cycle, but there hasn't been as much being taken off um, to be used. And so what happened probably more recently was that it was being stockpiled and it sort of reached the point where it's stockpiled so much no one's taking it. And eventually, well, the advice right now is actually with your soft plastics, they have to go to landfill currently, um, which is a bit of a step backwards from where we wanted to be by this point. Is there a broader problem recycling plastics generally, not just soft plastics? No, I would have to say it's much easier to recycle hard plastics. Okay. Yeah, they go through processing um, and reprocessing lines much more easily. Um, if you want to recycle soft plastics, just even shredding them is a bit more, you know, you've got to have different equipment than what you might use for shredding hard plastics, for example. Um, and then the process for creating a soft plastic film um, typically uh, is normally a film blowing process, which requires quite 
you know, rigidly specified raw material that comes in there so that you can create the proper properties when it comes out. So it's actually, in, in some ways, there are technical challenges of turning soft plastic back into soft plastic. Um, so a lot of the pathways actually involve compressing it, condensing it, turning it into more solid, denser items. Well, not necessarily denser, but more solid items um, than they were originally. The other thing that you can do, though, is with soft plastic, sometimes they've reached a point where you can't mechanically recycle it anymore. Um, and you can actually turn it back into the original base um, oils, alkanes, etc., um, and then start again creating plastic. The red cycle example isn't the first time we've heard about recycled materials being stockpiled. The, the effect of China banning foreign waste in 2017 was seemingly felt everywhere, especially in Ipswich, where there was a, a bit of a crisis and a changeover of, of contracts due. How serious was that ban in terms of what's happening with recycled material now? Yeah, it really gave a, a big kick <laughs> to everything um, in terms of um, how we can do recycling in the future because the thing is we do collection extremely well. What we don't do well is understanding where it's going to go after that collection point. And so it was, you know, everything was going to China and there are a few cynics that might say, well, maybe, it, and this is a phrase that I've sort of used a little bit, is it just prolonged landfill? Um, so it's sent on, passed on, passed on, passed on eventually reach a point where you can't um, use it or, you know, no one's got the resources or it costs too much um, to deal with it and then eventually ends up in landfill anyway. So what we, we have had difficulty with in the past is passing it along and hoping that someone else um, is dealing with it. What the bands did was force us to really confront what we're doing um, in terms of the materials that we are sending to recycling. Um, and so on. So there are some good initiatives that have been coming um, out of this. Um, we were paying far more attention to the stewardship um, of particular materials. One of the difficulties with soft plastic, though, is that people don't really value it. It's like a cheap film thing mm. that covers a food product or something that you've bought. Um, and it's not actually you know, monetarily worth very much. Um, and so that's why the ways in which people may handle it Talking generally about curbside collection, different areas of Australia have different items which can and cannot be recycled, which adds to a level of confusion, I think. Do you think we'll ever reach a point where there'll be a standardised list of what can be recycled across the country? Uh, I, I definitely hope so. One of the reasons that that occurs, actually, is tying back to the value um, comment that I was just making, is that sometimes it costs way too much to send it off somewhere else uh, to actually be processed into something else. So that's why in some councils you say, we can't recycle this thing. Even though technically it can be recycled, what is the hurdle um, is the economics and logistics of actually getting it to where it can be done. So what I do know um, is that state and federal governments are starting really to invest more in infrastructure, not only just for collection, but to pre-process and potentially process as they partner with industries as well. Reducing what we recycle is not just about which bin we put it in, but I guess it starts at the manufacturing end as well, and you've touched on that already. The term circular economy is out there in the media from time to time. Do you think there's widespread consumer understanding of what circular economy means? Mm, I wouldn't say so, actually, sometimes. Um, because circular means you're you're going well. If you if you take a really you know fundamental core purest version of it, um, it's going back to the original material that it came from. 
So I gave the example before of um, advanced recycling of plastics where you take it back to its base oils um, that it originally came from and you generate them again. And that is an example of circular um, there are still some economy hurdles, though, um, <laughs> to doing that. So you've got to have the two things together. Um, another example of circular economy is um, composting of food, particularly plant-based um, material as well, um, because it's you know grown from the ground originally. You send it back to the ground, or go around generating more food. Um, so those are some really good, um, you know, easy to understand examples of circular economy. When it comes to something, say, as complicated as your mobile phone, that's another story. So that's getting into the territory of where you've got something that's a composite material product and you've got a whole lot of different raw materials that went into doing that. And that's when circular economy starts becoming a little bit more complicated. One thing I have noticed is that some industries, so some parts of the food industry, are actually trying to decomplicate packaging. So... For example, if you see a, a wrapper on a product, sometimes it's got plastic and foil and a few other things um, that may be part of the packaging. Um, so some parts of the food industry are actually making a move towards making sure that the packaging material is a single base material, which actually makes carrying out a circular economy a little bit easier because you don't have this complication of potentially having to pull apart different things um, and then putting them back together um, cleanly. So that's one way uh, in which you can do it because we have some really complex products out there um, that do have an end of life uh, and we've got to think about how we handle them. Well, talking of the circular economy, you're heavily involved as co-director with the No Waste Pilot Project at UniSQ. What do you hope to achieve with this project? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Hoping to tackle the very things that you're talking about where there's currently no pathways for a material and hoping to create new ones that are actually viable. So one of the criticisms of research sometimes is that you come up with this wonderful process, how much does it cost, can I even do it? Um, and so with what we are doing, we're not only doing the technical research, but we're trying to enable industry and SMEs, etc., to be able to translate the findings into creating some products. So one of our partners, we've actually been working on creating products from mixed soft plastics. So one of the, the complications with soft plastic collections, normally it's a, a big mixture of a whole lot of different kinds and different colours and different sizes, etc. Um, and rather than trying to really, again, complicate it, take it all back to, you know, one colour, one type, etc., it is actually possible to create things just from the mixture itself. Um, and so they've done some really cool work, which has actually created retail-ready almost type products, uh, prototypes um, that they've been developing for some uh, Australian brands, can't reveal who they are. Um, but there is actually possibility um, to prevent this stuff going to landfill. And rather than saying, oh, you know, we passed it on somewhere. I think the real change I've seen through carrying out this project is people are more wanting to know when they send a material somewhere, where is it going to go, what's going to happen to it, etc. So this concept of circular economy and stewardship mm. um, is really something that's come to the forefront. People are becoming much more aware of where their recycling will end up, and it's more than household waste. Uh, one item that's been in the news lately, and you touched on this with mobile phones, but another one is solar panels. 
how yes. to safely dispose of them. Do, does the world have a solution to that yet? No, not just yet. Uh, unfortunately, so um, with the No Ice Project, we are hoping to um, go into Stage 2 funding um, next year. We will be applying early next year. Um, and one of the products on our radar is solar panels. Um, and uh, as you can understand, it's, uh, the ones that we have in Australia anyway um, are really quite a mixture of materials, some really embedded quite intimately, um, and you've got to pull these things apart or at least, you know, maybe refurb them in some way where possible. And I always say probably refurbing and repairing are probably options that should be considered before you start to look at recycling, which involves actual breakdown of the product because that involves less resources and time um, and effort. The other type of product that we're hoping to get into the stage two of our project uh, is fibre composites. Um, so as well as solar panels, we've got wind turbines, et cetera, um, and various other structures that are actually fibre composites. Now, some of them, yes, they will be in service for quite some time, but they're going to reach a point where they're not in service anymore. And then at the end of the, the usage of the fibre composite product, what is it you're going to do? So there's been some really neat research out of the US um, where they said you can take the resin from the fibre composite and actually break it down into other molecules that are useful in other industries. So one really super weird one. Um, there's a colleague of um, my PhD supervisors over at Michigan State University uh, where they had an article in the Scientific American recently and they said, could wind turbines be used to make gummy bears or <laughs> something like that? Um, and it was really that they'd um, created uh, an ingredient that's typically a preservative um, in a gummy bear. Um, in the States anyway, um, and they'd made it so that it was food grade. Um, and probably the funniest thing that came out of it was we made them and I ate them. Um, so so, so and, and, uh, I raised this with some of my colleagues to go, that doesn't sound right. I said, as long as it's meeting food grade standards, low levels of contamination of anything, it's entirely possible. Um, the, the hurdles then are just um, costs and yes. economics of making something like that work. UniSQ is also leading a project to develop manufacturing solutions in regional communities. Why the focus on that? Oh, yes, absolutely. So that's our mm. other program. Yeah. Um, so that one's just about to get underway as well, and that's a really neat project. So No Waste is all about creative solutions um, to our waste programs, um, and we have industry and council partners on that project. Um, our other project, the simple one, um, which is about Sustainable Industry Manufacturing Planning for Long-Term Ecosystems um, is all about making those changes in the supply chain and at the point of manufacturing. So that project will actually involve working with a range of manufacturing partners um, on how they can return raw material back into their processes and recycle and reuse it. So there is actually some true recycling going on in some of those projects as well. Some other neat things we're doing is, um, again, going back to plastic mixtures and not soft plastics in this instance, but can we create some kind of plastic composites which meet certain performance requirements for other large form uh, products as well? So this is really going beyond the problems that everyday people are aware of, but focusing on larger form industrial products um, and manufacturing them so that they're made in a more sustainable fashion as well. We do also have a project in there um, that is focusing on solar thermal energy, which is not necessarily massively uptake, uptaken here in Australia just yet. Um, and so that's where instead of solar panels, where it's photovoltaic, say you take energy from the sun, turn it into electricity. This is about taking energy from the sun, using it directly as heat energy to drive processes. So we're looking at, well, 
if we have this concentrated solar thermal setup, um, can we use it to drive a process which might actually melt and reprocess our plastic for us? Um, so energy is probably one of the biggest hurdles um, to overcome uh, in terms of making that um, more from more sustainable sources, um, because that's one of the biggest inputs um, into a manufacturing process as well. Can we wrap it up, Professor Bury, by talking about uh, households once again? Now, in Australia, I think typically we have two or three recycle bins, green recycle mm. and uh, the red top bin now for, for general waste. Uh, looking overseas, I think some countries are up to five or six, maybe even more bins. W what's the pathway here in Australia? That's really interesting because we are seeing that happen a little bit in other states. Um, I believe that um, Victoria, and I, I may be trying to recall properly, um, but they recently were introducing a purple top bin, um, which I think was for glass alone. Um, so I can see that there's already moves being made. Um, in some areas around the country to actually have a bit more segregation um, of materials. And that makes it a little bit more easy once we get to the collection facilities where if it's already all separated, we don't have that extra step in the process that has to occur. But well, it is a culture change. Yeah, you mentioned um, glass, and that's always been a big problem in the recycle bin. Yes, because yeah. you've got all types of glass going in, different colours, different types, um, et cetera, and so on. And you always have that crashes. <laughs> which always makes me cringe because I know oh, it's going to be a little bit harder now. <laughs> Could be a contaminated truck, as they say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, very easy to contaminate a recycling truck. Yeah. Um, and that's when it you know, ends up in landfill. On that note, Professor Polly Bury, thank you so much for sharing that information with Ipswich today. No worries, I'm happy to help. And you'll find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. Or play Ipswich today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.